Welcome to a terrible football show, episode 58. I'm Alex Light with Spark 3. Hope you're having an incredible day today. Whatever day you're watching, whether if you're watching live alongside of us, watching after the fact, or listening to the show after the fact, we appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, just me and Shane here today, just like some old times. Um, you know, we got Jacob's out sick. Ricky's also out sick. Obviously, T's and P's both of them. Hopefully, they feel better. But Shane, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You're not sick, right? Not sick at all. Not That's sick. good. Sick uh, me either. We're, we're good. The rain. And the rain does do be kind of annoying, but at least at least at least you're not under the weather. T's and P's to the other boys. Hopefully they feel better soon. Uh, but I mean, Shane, we're gonna have a good time today. We're gonna have a good time. Oh yeah, throwing it back to the OG days. There you go. There you go. Uh, so for today's episode, uh, we will be doing some listing here, top fives for the best players of the 2022 season. Uh, as a shout to that, I do have a list from Ricky for some of his. I haven't got anything from Jacob. If he sends it to me in the middle of the show, I'll make sure to shout it out for him. Uh, he may have actually responded, did he? I don't know. If, I don't think he did. Uh, let me look. No. Uh, but if he fires it off during the show, that's fine. I'll shout it out for him. But uh, me and Shane's got some uh, some lists here, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear uh, some of Shane's uh, picks here. And I feel like I've got some interesting ones as well for a few positions. few positions I feel like are pretty straightforward. Um, but there are some where I feel like I get a little bit on the spicy side, but not too much, you know. So definitely looking forward to diving into that. Uh, we'll briefly chat about a few things going on in the NFL right now, uh, as well as uh, kind of some very quick general thoughts on XFL week one. As I know me for sure, did not have time to watch anything like I wanted to. I had family down this weekend. And I had something I had to take care of this weekend. Um, so I definitely did not have time to watch anything except for highlights, unfortunately. Uh, this weekend will probably be the same thing. I'm going to be very busy this weekend, so it may not be till XFL week three when I can finally sit down and watch some stuff. But either way, I'm, I am looking forward to check actually watching some games, even though my team, Orlando Guardians, got absolutely dog-walked. And shout-out to Paxton Lynch for being benched in the XFL, CFL, NFL, and USFL. That is, he's a legend. Truly a legend. Unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Let me stress that. Very unfortunate. Uh, but if you could, make sure to check out some Rogue Energy. For a link down below, they just launched the Rainbow Candy and Strawberry Bubblegum Hydration Flavors. I'm looking forward to trying them. Uh, mostly the Rainbow Candy, the Skittles one, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to trying, get my hands on and trying. As well as heading over to Agent Inc. and buying a jersey because they're sick and they have a trash can on it. And who wouldn't want that? Uh, join the Discord as well. You can come chat with us. Uh, so I'll go ahead and turn down the music now. Uh, Shane, overall, how you doing, man? How, how's your uh, how's your weekend been? How was your week and stuff? How you how you feeling? Did you get to watch any XFL? Or are you kind of in the same boat as me, where you just didn't have time? Because I definitely did not. I watched highlights, like me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So got to watch my Battlehawks pull off a insane comeback win. Shout out to AJ McCarron. Yeah. Shout out to the to the college Alabama goat. Yep. Yep. And I uh, got to watch. Um, Danucci throw a throw a touchdown to Josh Gordon, so that was interesting. Shout out to Josh Gordon. Is this the Josh Gordon? <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, that was with funny. the Seattle Sea Dragons. Oh, I know. You know, I understand why they added the C part to it, but I wish they would have just kept it Seattle Dragons. You know what I mean? Like they did uh, in twenty twenty. But uh, what are you gonna do? I mean, do you, do you kind of feel that sentiment that you wish they would have dropped the C and just kept it Seattle Dragons, or do you like the Seattle Sea Dragons more? I mean, I like the Seattle Sea Dragons. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I and I understand. Like, if you look at all Seattle's professional teams, yeah. except for the C SuperSonics back in the day, they all have to do with some like water, great, great water creatures, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or just something involving water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, like now we have the Kraken for an NHL, then we have the Mariners. 
you know, then of course the Seahawks, now the Sea Dragons and the Supersonics. They were the one oddball of the group. Do, let me ask you this, because there's been chat about this for years. If Seattle gets an NBA team back, do you think it's just going to be the Supersonics or do you think they're going to go something more on brand? No, it's got it's got to be the Supersonics. In my dude. mind, it's got to be the Sonics. It's got to that, be. That, that's that's honestly the whole reason why I'm a big fan of Seattle. Like, the Sonics? Yeah, because the Supersonics and then like I found out that they had a pro team, so that's when I first found like the Seahawks. Because mm-hmm. um, back in the day, I was more interested in watching basketball than I was watching football. And uh, Gary Payton was like one of my top players that I liked watching. And then... Um, you know, he was on the Supersonics for a long time, so mm-hmm. I just naturally, naturally watched a lot of Supersonics games. That's fair. If they bring back the Sonics, do you think they'll at least change the color scheme to be on brand? Because let's be honest, like every Seattle pro team has at least some some variation of blue. Do you think they'll uh, change it to, uh, change the colors but still be the Supersonics or just be the green and yellow? No, they've got to keep it the good. Got to got to go full OG. Got to go full OG. Got to go full OG. Got it. <laughs> yeah, got to. I mean, you can you can rebrand it to be kind of a new age look. Yeah, yeah. And not have the same new like, logo you know, and stuff. Old, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I've seen some fucking um, mock-ups. like playing like two K and stuff. I've seen some mock-ups right. that people just design themselves, and it looks pretty dope. So I mean, if if they were to do something close to that, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. Where what were we talking about? Football? Oh, Seattle Sea Dragons. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. My bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to actually getting a chance to watch some uh, XFL. Like I said, I'm, I was busy this weekend with family down. Some other stuff come up, and you know, this weekend I'm busy as well. But uh, definitely looking forward to sitting down and actually getting a chance to watch it. Also, kind of peeped the USFL draft as well. I thought that was kind of interesting uh, with some of the picks made across the board. Uh, there were yeah, some, yeah, that was that was an was, interesting thing. It was like the college draft, right? So they drafted yeah. players that were like coming, like trying to get drafted. So like, yeah, some I'm of these guys they might because get... like the Stallions, the team that I I kind of been following through the USFL the most. Um, because of Bo Scarborough, they drafted Malik Cunningham. At I Louisville. saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Like, I figured he would get drafted into the NFL, maybe like sixth or seventh round, but I figured somebody would give him a shot. Yeah, see, that's my mindset, too. So, like, what's what's going to happen come April and a team does draft Malik in, like, the sixth or seventh round? Well, if you're Malik, which way do you go? Because, I mean, a sixth, seventh rounder, I mean, there's not even a guarantee you're making it on a roster. I mean, or do you want to go with uh, the, the possibility of just making a roster but not even being a starter or being a starter, you know, somewhere else? You know what I mean? Because, I mean, like, even if you get drafted in the NFL 6-7 round, I mean, the money's going to be more. Yeah, and money's important, but it's like, eh. you know, th- there's pl- pros and cons to both is what I'm trying to say. I know 99% yeah, sure. of the human population is like, oh, just go to the NFL, even if you are drafted in the 6th or 7th round. But there's also the other small percentage of like, no, I'd go to the USFL, you know, because I'm going to probably start and play and get better and continue to prove that I'm better and might get signed as a free agent somewhere. There's, there's, there's two different sides to that, you know what I mean? Honestly, I probably would go to USFL. I mean, right. you play well in USFL, and you you know hit free agency, then you get to pick where you want to go and play your rookie year. Yeah. Yep. Well, unless a team does draft you and you still choose USFL, then they have your rights, whatever. But I mean, then again, yeah, they could true. just they could just release you. You know, you're a sixth, seventh round rookie. I don't think they give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> there was a couple players drafted in the USFL draft that I was just like, okay, I. That's cool, but I could see them getting drafted. Like one of them was that uh, 
Tyler Jensen, I think is his name, tackle from like South Dakota or South Dakota State. Uh, that was a guy that even Ricky shout out, like, which like, I keep an eye on him. He could be a sleeper, you know, in the later rounds. And I do agree. I mean, uh, so I mean, keep an eye out for him, you know. Yeah, I think he was drafted in the later rounds for the USFL, and he could potentially get drafted in the NFL too. So we'll see how that goes. That was interesting. They have 10 rounds in their, in their yep. college draft or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, also, speaking of draft stuff, next week we will be releasing our mock 2.0s. Hopefully, Ricky and Jacob will not be sick and can make it back, and uh, we can all do our 2.0s together. I feel like that's a good way to cap off you know, the end of Season 2 going into Season 3 because coming into Season 3, uh, after next week's episode, we're taking a break, first week of March, come back second week of March, which is the beginning of free agency. And we'll kind of have a better idea where we need to lean towards our mock 3.0s, maybe like a week after free agency or something, you know, or at least the week after the first week. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll kind of give us an idea of where to lean with our 3.0s. I started working on my 2.0 today, and uh, I'm I'm got I'm getting some spicy stuff together. I will say that there there are some there are some predictions I've got, you know, just from some things that I'm kind of following around the league right now. So I'm looking forward to it. But I will say, like, there's a part of me. Like so far in my my current my couple of like quick ones that I've done, you know, just kind of like, eh, what about this? What could they do that? Could they do? It? I still have continuously put like Bryce as the consensus number one overall pick, but guys, I'm gonna be honest with you, I I think it may be someone else actually. I think someone else could snag that number one overall spot. Not Anthony Richardson though. Not like that CBS mock I sent you guys earlier. That's just so <laughs> stupid. That shit is so stupid. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing like. Um, Twitter videos and yeah. uh, all these like people that cover the NFL, like they're just like jaw dropped about Anthony Richardson's ability <sighs> to do this, and I'm like, bruh, you're throwing your team under the bus. Like, <laughs> why, dude? Because uh, it's like, if there was a lot of like flash of potential, yeah, sure, we can chat about it. But like, the only potential he's shown is like being potential of being like a playmaking a playmaker runner. But in terms of passing, he has shown no freaking potential. He hasn't done anything. So like that's when I get so mad about all these Lamar Jackson comparisons. It's like they're two different players, like completely. Lamar Jackson was actually successful at being a college quarterback and successful at being a pro quarterback. Anthony Richardson can't even be successful at being a college quarterback. I'm I can't I mean yeah he has the least amount of starts um in a long time coming you know getting rid of the droughts i think i saw he was like what less than 13 games or something like that and i think at least four of those i he think he started for in. two seasons haven't he i could be wrong but i think i think he started for two seasons i'm not sure i saw something okay. it was like 13 games of tape or something like that that's probably real tape yeah I mean, the, the only other um, comparison to that would obviously be uh, Trey Lance. You know, he only started for one season of college. Yeah. You know, now in the pros, he's barely started anything. I mean, yeah, you're not too far off because uh, looking at his stats, this was the first full season that he started. And then last year, he played in seven games. In his freshman year, he played in three and didn't really do anything in three games, of course. So, I mean, he's barely got any tape. And I, I don't know, man. Like, everyone's just like looking for like the next you know um you know lamar jackson or josh allen like those guys that can turn into that sort of player but man i'm i'm, I'm and everyone's talking about the comparison and the potential for it but like I'm, I'm i'm staying with my stance of what potential has been shown you know what i mean he hasn't done anything 
You know, if he's done something cool, let's chat about it. I'm all about, like, potential. Because that's what Josh Allen was. Josh Allen, he wasn't as, you know, he didn't, like, blow up the stat boards in college, but he was at least a somewhat successful. He was a successful Mountain West quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, you know, once he got up against other talent, you know, the talent around him did not stack up to the talent that was in front of him. You know, his talent did. His talent was wrong, could be developed, and he showed actual potential. But, like, dude, I don't see that potential in a, you know, AR. I just don't. Not as a passer, that is. I see the potential as a runner, 100%. He, I think he could be an gr- excellent playmaker. No doubt about that. You know, that, that potential is there. But just as a, as a passer, I just don't see it. That's me. You know, and he, I'll say even for my mock 2.0, I've still got Anthony Richardson not going in the first round. Like, I acknowledge that it's probably going to happen because some team's going to get, like, super, super desperate, you know. But I think it's all smoke still. I think we're going to get a repeat of last year where there was all this chat of Malik Willis could go all the way in top ten. You know, uh, you know, could have four quarterbacks in the first, and we had Kenny Pickett at 20, and the next one was until the third round. Yep. I- I'm kind of feeling the same way with AR this year. I think there's going to be all this chatter, and then he's going to end up slipping late into the first or into the second. That's my opinion. But what do I know? It's a terrible football show. I wouldn't show. take him until even later. I wouldn't take him until third, to be honest, but that's just me. I mean, I'm with you. I wouldn't take him until third or fourth, personally, if you want to take a shot on him. If he's still there in third or fourth, yeah, snag him. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you could have a really solid, you know, quarterback to, to try to grow. And there are some teams in the first round that I could see taking a shot, you know, just based on the situation that they are in, you know. I've seen a lot of people have AR going to Detroit with their second first-round pick because, you know, you still have Jared Goff. He can learn behind and set behind for a few years and stuff. But even then, I mean, I like Jared Goff personally. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I'd stay, I'd keep running with Jared Goff over at AR any day. That's my opinion. But – like I said, what what do I know? It's a terrible football show, all right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, a couple news bits uh, from the NFL from this past week we can throw out there. So, number one, it's looking more and more likely like Derek Carr is going to go to the Jets. Apparently, the Jets think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he's in New York. I don't know about that one, but, you know, I definitely hey, think he'll be successful I saw, there. <laughs> yeah, I saw where the Jets told him that if he wins in New York, he's a, he'll be a first ballot first ballot hall of famer that's uh that's a stretch <laughs> to put yeah, it lightly that's, that's uh you know it's a little white lie there yeah you just you know i mean i get it you're trying to get your guy i mean i respect that but it also kind of makes me think like uh are the jets now out on aaron Rodgers? you know i did see a report earlier that um you know the packers do would actually like to have you know um aaron Rodgers back um so but I don't know. Does that mean the Jets are out on Aaron? Um, you know, which, you know, there was already a lot of signs pointing towards Aaron, towards Vegas, which I still think is a possibility. But at the same time, it's looking like it could be more likely that Aaron could just come back to Green Bay. I guess we'll find out whenever he decides to step out of the darkness in a few days or if he's already out. Yeah, I think he might already be out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because he said he was doing, like, what, four days yeah, four or five days. days four and that, days. Was, that was Friday. So, I mean, he should be out. I wonder how that went. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. I hope we'll have the Pat McAfee show sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, because usually he's on Pat McAfee, what, every Tuesday or thing? Every Thursday? Every like Tuesday, but uh, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday for the season in theory should be over. But, you know, you never know. A- you know, Aaron Rodgers could come on this upcoming Tuesday when the boys are back from vacation and, you know, tell them all about the darkness retreat. <laughs> you know, that's a possibility. You know, I'm seeing stuff where the Jets are targeting Derek Carr and Jimmy G. Like, that's their two top guys right now, so. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, also a couple things we also had happen is, you know, the Titans were making some moves to free up cap space. Taylor Lewan, 
Robert Woods, Zach Cunningham, and Randy Bullock, all uh, cap casualties there. Uh, kind of curious about Robert Woods and where he's going to go. I know the Bears were uh, kind of sniffing around for some trade calls whenever he was on the trade block with the, with the Rams, but just didn't pull the trigger. So, I mean, it'd be kind of cool to see the uh, the Bears maybe snag him for, for a deal and, you know, help him, you know, uh, have him help uh, grow any young receivers that we end up drafting and stuff like that. And Taylor Lewan, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I'll, I'll see, we'll see if he retires or not. I know he's been kind of chat about it a few times on busting with the boys. Uh, so we'll see, you know, we'll see if, uh, he actually retires or not. Yeah. Also what, what intrigued me, um, which I don't think they played together. It, it, it could have been maybe their freshman year or whatever, but if I'm not mistaken, so I heard, I saw this rumor that the bears, if they trade down, you know, they'll get multiple first for that pick or whatever. Yep. So I saw this thing where they could have potentially grabbed somebody and then with their second first round pick grab uh Nigba or whatever his last or whatever his name is from Ohio State and team him up with Justin Fields. Oh, uh Jackson, whatever yeah, Smith yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish Jackson Smith Nigba. I, I wish Jacob is. was here to correct us on how to pronounce it. Yeah. But, uh, um, he's probably gonna listen to this and be like they're butchering it. It's but, like they're fucking it up like they always do. <laughs> Look, if you listen to Animan Plus, you know I have a history of messing up names consistently, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm still in the boat that it's not going to shock me as a Bears fan if the Bears trade down twice. I'm going to be real with everyone. I, I just I don't see it an unlikely thing. Uh, I think it's more likely than we're going to just trade down a couple picks, and I still think it's the Colts. I really do. Um, you know, if they had, if the Colts had a brand-new GM – I'll be real. I don't think the Colts would swing that hard to get to the number one pick. You know what I mean? You know, fresh GM, fresh head coach. You know, they got the fresh head coach now. Uh, but if they had a, a brand new GM, brand new head coach, I don't think they would swing to the fences to try to get like the number one overall pick. But since it's Chris Ballard still, and like I've said before, this man knows he's on the hot seat, knows he's on the hot seat. I still think the Colts are going to swing for the fences to get above the Texans so they can draft whoever they want. Or the the Colts could just – play it out and, you know, assume that, uh, you know, uh, the guy they want is going to be there at four, you know, which could be C.J. Stroud or, or Levis. You know, they only have one team to to potentially contend with, and that would be the, the Texans if the Bears keep the pick. I don't think they will. But, you know, I, I'm also going to throw this out there. It's not going to shock me uh, if maybe Carolina swings for the fences and tries to get the number one overall pick. I know it's kind of a, a large little gap there from one to nine, but – that's not going to shock me, honestly. It's really not. Uh, because I think it's going to also depend on what Atlanta does. If it, if Jacob's prediction ends up coming true <laughs> and Atlanta gets it, you know, uh, Lamar, I don't think Carolina has anything to worry about. But if, uh, you know, if Atlanta doesn't get anyone, I, in my opinion, Atlanta's in the quarterback market. Uh, and if, you're Car- if I'm Carolina, I want to get above Atlanta, you know, in my mind, right? Um, so you got a couple trade calls. You can potentially call Detroit. You can maybe call Seattle. Um, and of course, call Chicago. Um, so I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Like, you know, and you're, you're right, Shane. I, I definitely think the Bears are going to, I think they're going to get a hell of a, hell of a, of a pull in for that number one overall pick. It's just going to be who's going to, who's going to swing the fences, you know, who's going to give us the King's ransom. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And the thing is, like, I still think it's going to be, going to be the Colts just because I do too. Because, I mean, 
me and you both were very high on the Colts this year yep. because we figured, okay, they had, they now have Matt Ryan. Like we know that he's not the quarterback that he used to be, but he should be that guy to get them over the hump. Unfortunately, he wasn't. That was our bad. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, they still have all that those same pieces. Like, yeah, when you have that offensive line that they have, they have Jonathan Taylor. That you have Michael Pittman Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and you have a, a I mean, a top ten defense, yep. top fifteen defense. Like, you you. You're in a prime position to make a, a championship push. Um, and if it's that quarterback piece that you're missing, like, I mean, why not fucking swing for the fences, to be honest? Yeah. So, I mean, I think Bryce is probably the best, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the in the draft this year. So, it's like either now or never because you never know what's going to come from next year. So. Yeah. No, this draft for uh, quarterbacks is really fascinating because the top four guys that everyone's chatting about, you know, you have Bryce Young, who has the on-the-field tape, right? But you have to worry about his size. You know, like he's listed as six foot 190, I think is what I saw with Alabama, but everyone thinks he's like 5'10". So we'll see what he's at at the combine, but it's like if he weighs in at like 5'10", 185, then ooh, we, got a, we got an issue, right? Then you have C.J. Stroud, who – you know, has the size and has shown flashes like in that Georgia game where he played the top defense in the country, the national championship defense back to back and looked like a superstar in that game. Right. But it's just like, that's not every game that he looks like a superstar. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just not. And then you have Will Levis who has the size who had good production the year before pretty mediocre production this year. And then you have Anthony Richardson, which is the size. He's got the size and the running playmaking ability, but he is the ultimate boomer bust. So this this quarterback class is very fascinating to say the least. For sure. I don't know. There's a part of me that I, I don't think Bryce can go number one. I'm not gonna lie. That it depends. It depends on what I think the size is gonna really come into play if he's gonna go number one or not. Like honestly, it, it won't shock me if it's Will Levis or C.J. Stroud at this point. If it's Anthony I mean, Richardson, yeah, I'm, I'm retired. I think if it's <laughs> I think if it's one of those, it's got to be C.J. or Browns in my eyes. Yeah. If it's anybody else, you're out of your fucking mind. If it's but, Anthony Richardson, I'm retiring. I'm never doing draft stuff again. <laughs> I'm yeah. done. That's it. I'm throwing in the towel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm gonna I'm gonna shit my pants if that happens. <laughs> Hell, I may shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it is. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see. Uh, some, another thing I want to throw out there that I thought was kind of fascinating is apparently the Broncos, um, your, your Broncos, my friend, have, uh, had a conversation today with Matt Patricia for your DC. How you feeling about that one, buddy? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't necessarily <laughs> love it or hate it to be honest. Okay. Okay. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, cause we all know Fangio's not going there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. We know that's not happening. <laughs> I think, I think, so. you know, there was all the reports he was going to Miami, but I don't think a deal ever officially got done. Cause I think Vic even commented on that, that a deal wasn't done, but I don't know. Well, I'm assuming he's going to Miami. That's my assumption. Unless, yeah. unless the deal did get done and I missed it. Uh, let's see. I don't know if I've got anything else. Let me take a look here. Um, no, I don't think I have anything else. The only other thing which uh, kind of sucks for Ricky and Jacob, depending on their opinion, is that the Cowboys are unluck- unlikely to tag 
uh, tied in Dalton uh, Schultz. Uh, in reference to that also, I also saw where uh, the Giants are unlikely to tag uh, Saquon Barkley because uh, they're just apparently too far off on a new deal, which could also be the thing with Daniel Jones. Apparently, Daniel Jones actually does want about like $40 million a year, which I think we can all agree he is not worth. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm... Get some, I had some. I got a text. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, you're good. But uh, blew that up. Yeah, Daniel Jones uh, potentially wanting 45 a year. I, I don't honestly. I'm gonna be real. I don't actually think that's an accurate report. I, I I don't believe Daniel Jones would actually be commanding 45 a year. You know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. I feel like he's a smart enough dude to have self awareness. Kind of like Saquon. Saquon had you know he said in his you know his uh post uh game press conference uh after the playoff loss where it's like he had enough awareness where he wasn't trying to break the market or anything but he still wants to be paid pretty well i think daniel jones has enough self-awareness where it's like he hasn't he's shown a lot of flash over the past years this is his one good year under a brand new system so i don't think he, I, honestly i don't believe in these reports that he wants 45 mil but if they're true oh man he needs someone to set him down and be like listen bud <laughs> you need to chill <laughs> Yeah, I I saw some stuff like of like projected free agent deals that were gonna happen, and I saw that Daniel Jones one, and it was like, what the hell? No, I don't I don't see Dan, Daniel Jones doing that. And then also like I saw like, um, Jimmy G was gonna get like he he's been requesting like three years, like fifty six, sixty plus million dollars, and I was like. I mean, I guess, I mean, that's what, 28, 29 mil a year, but I I don't really see you. I, I want to know these guys inside of reports and where they're getting these numbers from and where they're getting these so-called um, demands yeah. from these players. See, that's what I want to know, too, because like I said, I just, I don't believe in that, that figure. I really don't. Yeah, that Daniel Jones commanding that, so I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, something here I wanted to shout out cause I just, I just saw it. Um, yeah, that I thought was funny. Posted about 44 minutes ago. Apparently Seahawks cornerback Tariq Woolen, uh, was talking about Russell Wilson. It's like, when you see him on TV, he looks like he's in shape, but you see him in person. It's weird. He looks like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh man. That is, that is harsh. <laughs> and also shout out to, uh, BCS national champion quarterback T Martin is getting moved from wide receivers coach to QB's coach in Baltimore. So shout out to him for that one. Let's see. Uh, anyway, uh, Shane, do you got anything else you want to shout out? If not, I feel like we can get in some player rankings. Yeah. Only thing I'm, uh, would be wanting to shout out would be like draft stuff coming up, but that's for upcoming episodes. So I'm good to roll. Okay, I do actually have one more thing. I, I want to put this out there before I forget about it because I would, I would like to rectify something because I've been saying, I've been saying one particular narrative for like at least six different times. I've said it over the past few months, and I've been spreading misinformation, and that's my fault. I didn't know that. So I've been talking. This is a college thing. I want to throw out here. So you know, obviously, if you listen to the show, I'm a I'm a Hawaii Rainbow Warriors fan. Go Bows! Basketball team's doing great right now. Shout out to that. As well, even the, men, the men's volleyball team as well, back-to-back -back national champions, shout out to them. Uh, but I've been spreading this narrative for a while that the uh, former Aloha Stadium that hosted the Pro Bowl and hosted the, hosted the Bows is, like, getting um, you know under construction, kind of getting revamped, you know? That is incorrect. 
that's on me. I didn't know that. The what's actually I, I found this out just earlier because of you know like the circle that I'm in of Hawaii fans that live in Hawaii. They were posting about the Aloha to Aloha Stadium event that's taking place in three days, where it's essentially like the farewell to Aloha Stadium. So what's actually happening is a whole brand new stadium from scratch is getting built and set to begin construction here early 2023. And the former Aloha Stadium that we know and love is getting torn down, and they're going to be building like basically restaurants and hotels and stuff in that area so just wanted to rectify that because i've been saying for a while that oh yeah aloha stadium you know it just had a bunch of safety issues and it's dated and they're going to revamp it and it's going to reopen a few years that's incorrect it's just a whole new stadium uh so that's on me for spreading misinformation on that front i wanted to rectify that i saw that earlier and i'm like wait a minute wait a minute what, what do you mean this stadium's getting torn down i thought they were you thought they were pimping it out you know uh new stadium's cool though you know <laughs> New stadium's cool. When that happens, I'm telling you, they need to bring the Pro Bowl back to Hawaii. Need to. Need to. So hopefully that's going to happen. Uh, all right, let's get into player ranks. Uh, Shane, where do we want to start on this list? Uh, how much do you I mean, have? How much How much let, did you do? I've got quarterback, running back, receiver, and offensive line, and that's that's it. Okay, I've got basically everything. So if you want me to, I can run through some of mine that you don't have. And while I'm at it, I will also pull up. Because uh, I'm okay with just whimming it off of yours. Um, and, I mean, I've got stuff pulled up as well. So, I mean, it's not going to be a complete whim. But um, I've got, like, stats and rankings yeah. and stuff pulled up. So, so um, okay. So, Ricky sent me some, right? And he sent me, like, a general defensive ranking where it's five defensive players uh, that he ranked out there for me. Uh, so for him, he has number five, Nick Bolton, linebacker from KC. Number four, Micah Parsons, you know, edge rusher, linebacker from Dallas. Miles Garrett at three, Nick Boson two. And Forside Olukun from Jacksonville at number one, middle linebacker who led the league in combined tackles and led the league in solo tackles. He had a great year, I will say. I feel like he's one of the guys that a lot of people overlooked, in my opinion. I'm not going to say he's an all-pro this year or anything, because uh, when it comes to that linebacker position, there's definitely some other players that I, I understand why they got all pro, but at least a Pro Bowl. You know what I mean? Give him a Pro Bowl nod. Uh, I, I do feel like he played really well this year. Uh, so for me, for defensive rankings, uh, I'll start with DB. Uh, let me get um, let me get some defensive stats here pulled up so I can uh, back up a couple of takes that I have here. Um, so I will go. I'll start at the top because I feel like the top is pretty straightforward. Uh, number one for me. Uh, I've got Minka Fitzpatrick, first team All-Pro, Pro Bowler. This dude, I think, had six picks for the year. Uh, let me sort that real quick to confirm that, so I'm not lying on it. I'm not lying to anyone. Yeah, he had six picks for the year. He was a shutdown dude. Uh, he had he did well in the tackle category as well with 96 combined tackles, 56 solo. Um, you know, he overall has had a good year, and you know, he, he yeah, dude, he's been good for the past few years. I mean, it, and he, in my opinion, had one of his better years this year. And then coming at number two, rookie. Sauce Gardner, baby. I don't feel like anyone can disagree with that, too. Sauce had a shutdown year, and arguably you can consider him the best DB from this past season. Like, legit. Like, Sauce had a shutdown year. Um, you know, for my number three, uh, this dude, he was first-team All-Pro, Pro Bowler, and I still feel like no one's talking about him because of, like, other people on his team. And I get that, but it's like, Let's talk about this dude some more, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, but uh, Talanoa uh, Hufunga, uh, safety with San Francisco. Again, you know, this is a second-year player. 
all first team all pro pro bowler four interceptions 97 combined tackles 66 solo tackles um you know he had two forced fumbles you know he got the you know the t- you know five tackles for loss pretty good for a safety all things considered but like i feel like no one's talking about him like no like i don't feel like anyone in the db world i don't feel like anyone's talking about him at least that i've seen you know obviously he gets the nods that he deserves but I, again i don't feel like any not a lot of people are talking about him as they should even though he has the accolades to back it up you know what i mean which is wild to me that i don't see anyone mention him on social media maybe i'm in the wrong circle you know maybe i'm just in the wrong circle where i'm not seeing him being mentioned but that's wild to me uh, Tariq Woolen as well, uh, you know, cornerback from Seattle, also another rookie who just played really well this year. Uh, you know, Seattle definitely got a good one with him for sure. Uh, and then my my fifth best DB from this past season, not Jalen Ramsey, uh, not G.R. Alexander, not Patrick Peterson, not Justin Simmons, which Justin Simmons was damn close to hitting my top five. I will say that. Uh, but it's actually uh, Jalen uh, Peter. I don't know if I pronounced his last name correct either. Uh, Houston defensive back uh this is another guy i don't feel like anyone is freaking talking about no pro bowl no first team no no all pro of course but he had five interceptions he started all 17 games he had 147 combined tackles 99 solo tackles five tackles for loss and like he had a fumble recovery um and again no one's talking about this dude even though he is up at the top of the category in interceptions he was up at the top of the list in in combined tackles out of defensive backs, you know, up at the top of the list of solo tackles of defensive backs. He's got the tackles for losses, which, you know, five tackles for loss for a DB is pretty good for a DB, you know, like that, you know, they're not always obviously rushing, you know, they're focusing on, on pass protection. So, you know, this dude, this dude played phenomenal this year for Houston, but because of Houston is so damn bad, no one's talking about him. You know, you know, which, you know, you know, there are other players who obviously played pretty well this year. Justin Simmons, uh, safety with Denver. He had six picks on the year. That's tied for first between him and, and Tariq and Minka and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Uh, I know I excluded C.J. Gardner-Johnson from this list. It was kind of tough to do so, but Jalen honestly kind of really forced my hand to put him up there. You know, Patrick Peterson still played this year, you know, played well this year for an older guy, you know, 32 years old, started all 17 games, five picks, had a lot of tackles, had, you know, overall good year there as well. Harrison Smith in Minnesota, they have both of those guys, older dudes in Minnesota, Harrison and Patrick, and they both played awesome. Both had five picks apiece, which is, you know, up at the top part of the league uh, for interceptions. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of notable names across the board. Uh, that's played pretty pretty well for this past season. But, I mean, I definitely wanted to throw Jalen on that list because the fact that no one talks about Jalen besides, like, Houston Texans fans is honestly baffling to me. You know what I mean? Baffling. Uh, but that's my top five, personally. Um. Yeah, I didn't know who that was. Exactly. Like so. No one's talking about it. I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a fucking genius. I didn't even know who he was. I missed this guy. He fell under the radar for me. I only found out about him when I started working on this list. And I, started, I checked out his stats. I started watching some tape, and I'm just like, how is no one talking about this guy? Like, it blows me away. Oh, I my top five, I'm going to go from five to one. Um little bit of uh you know i had some, some a different couple of different guys here at at five um that i could kind of toss in there um darius williams from jacksonville asante samuel jr from um he did have a good year asante did have a good from year. from chargers 
But I, I, I'm going to be a little biased here. I'm going to go number five, Tariq Woolen from Seattle. Fair. Um, good year. I, I thought he had a, a pretty damn good year for, I mean, really not even, not me coming into this year, not even really knowing who he was. Um, and then four, I'm going to go Michael Davis from the Chargers. Um, three, Darius Slay from, of course, True. Phila- Philadelphia. Um, two, James Bad- Bradbury from also Philadelphia. Mm. And my number one will be Sauce Gardner. He absolutely balled out this year. No, so. f- no Minka, though. Interesting. It's just, I don't know, I don't, I'm not, I guess that's also some bias, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he was one that I was kind of inkling there in five and four, but, ah, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can sway your pick and you put Jalen up in there, because he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, like, honestly, like, you were naming up those stats, and I was like, damn, he had a damn good year. I mean, I'm telling you, man, out of DBs, he's number one on combined tackles. The next highest DB for combined tackles is Jonathan Owens from Houston as well, <laughs> ironically enough. And then for solo tackles, he's uh, also leading all the DBs in solo tackles. And, you know, I know I know tackles is not uh, the all-in be-all for DBs and stuff because, honestly, it could be considered almost a bad statistic because it's like you're letting people get the ball that puts you in a position to – get tackles but at the same time you look at how bad that team is no one on that defense is a star I mean Derek Stingley had a pretty decent year for him their first round draft pick but like I mean also on the on the flip side though I mean let's point out the fact that you know Jalen had five interceptions leading up in the upper portion of the NFL I mean like and then you know let's look at his counterpart Jonathan Owens that I just mentioned who also has a lot of tackles he has no interceptions from this past year so, you know, you could say Jonathan Owens would be getting burned and Jalen's not. I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I think Jalen had a great year and no one's talking about him, which is unfortunate. So, uh, let's see. Let's go linebacker. Let's hit, let's hit linebacker. Uh, so, for me, I'll go from five to one on this one because, you know, uh, yeah, I'll just do it this time. So, number five for me, I'm going I'm to have to saddle up with Ricky on this one with uh, Nick Bolton. Uh, you know, like I said, when it comes to this linebacker rating, though, it's uh, the way we're doing it is that it counts as like the linebacker, outside linebackers, middle linebackers, as well as like the edge rush linebackers. It's all just one category, uh, which is kind of unfair for some guys. I, I won't, I'm not going to be, you know, stupid about that. I'll be very transparent. It's kind of unfair for some guys, but it is what it is. Uh, it's a terrible football show. That's what you get. Uh, so number five for me, Nick Bolton, uh, middle linebacker from, um, you know, from KC. I think he had an incredible year for multiple reasons. I mean, he was uh, second in the league in combined tackles at 180, uh, and he was on the upper portion of the league as well. Uh, second in the league for solo tackles, uh, nine tackles for loss, pretty good there. 72 assist tackles, started all 17 games, two interceptions, couple sacks to boot. Uh, I mean, you know, he had a solid year for a middle linebacker. You know what I mean? This is a good year for a middle linebacker, truth, truth being completely honest. Uh, next up for me, I have uh, Matt Judon with New England. Uh, started uh, 15 of 17 games. Uh, you know, he racked up 15 and a half sacks, 60 combined tackles, 36 solo, 14 tackles for loss. You know, overall pretty solid year in that capacity. Uh, a couple forced fumbles to boot as well. Um, number three, my guy, Roquan Smith, it, it took him leaving Chicago to finally get recognized and get an all pro and get a pro bowl for everyone that has not paid attention to Roquan because the bears sucked 
the stats that he did this year, he does every freaking year, and he has been overlooked consistently. So I'm so happy for him to finally get the recognition that he deserves with first-team All-Pro, with a Pro Bowl, three interceptions at middle linebacker, you know, uh, 169, nice, combined tackles, 103 solo tackles, 11 tackles for loss, Roquan Smith and C.J. Mosley, you know, not C.J. Mosley, he used to be a, a Raven, my bad. I forgot who his counterpart is in, in Baltimore. Uh, but, no, Roquan Smith crushed it this year. Great trade for Baltimore. Uh, number two, of course, uh, Micah Parsons. Kind of hard not to include him on this list. He may not have had the year he had last year, uh, but he still had just an absolutely unbelievable year, at line, you know, being the the dominant force that he is at 13 and a half sacks, 13 tackles for loss, started every game. He's got some forced fumbles under his belt as well. And then the, the number one linebacker for me, uh, Hassan Reddick, what a year he had for Philly, bro. What a year. 16 sacks, you know, 49 tackles, 35 tackles, you know, five forced fumbles, uh, 11 tackles for loss, 26 QB hits. I mean, this dude had a hell of a year, you know what I mean, for, uh, for uh, you know, coming back, you know, being pretty average for Arizona and then uh, coming over to Philly and just having an explosive year. But uh, th- those are my linebacker picks. So mine's, mine's kind of similar in a sense. Um, a lot of those guys are on my list. Yeah. So I have Judon five as well. I have um, where is it? Um, I had Nick Bolton also three. I can't. I don't know why I can't find my four. Because I'm lo- looking through a, a spreadsheet on the NFL rankings. Um. Oh, a couple but more anyways, names to shout oh, out as well. Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith, both in Minnesota. They had good years, too. Um, So I had Hicks, number one, as well. Uh, Nick Bolton was three. Judon was five. I had Foy uh, Oluokun. Oluokun, yeah. Yeah, I had him, too. It honestly killed me not to have him on my list. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> oh, I had Roquan, four. I'm tripping. I had okay. Roquan, four. Yeah. So, Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, so Judon, Roquan, uh, Nick Bolton, um, Foy, and then Hicks. Like you, you know, all the praise I just said about Olukun a minute ago when Ricky had him on his list, and I'm not having it, it was tough for me not to put him on my list. But since the linebacker category is a mix of like pass rushers, you know, like the edge rusher, outside line, yeah. and middle, I mean. In terms of overall stats across the board, while Olukun led the league in, in combined tackles and solo tackles, and that's great. You know, then you have but you have Nick Bolton who's putting up stats in other categories. You have Roquan Smith putting up, you know, three interceptions as well. So I mean there are other statistics that go into play for me. Like Olukun to me, in terms of like true like middle linebackers, he would have been the third best for me. Uh you know, I, I consider, you know, Roquan number one, obviously with how my rankings went, and then Nick Bolton the second best, and Olukun would have been third. Uh, but you know, you know, you look at my list, and I got three pass rushers on there. So you know, it it, it was a tough list uh, where a couple guys were going to have to unfortunately not make the cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's something we may change next year when we do these. Is we may separate uh, like the outside linebacking, like pass rushers, and the middle linebackers. Let the, let the yeah, middle no, linebackers maybe, shine. Maybe, yeah, for sure. Maybe have different categories, separate them out a little bit. We want to be lazy this year. I'll be very transparent. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like when we when we agreed, we just agreed upon this last week. For everyone listening, we just we just established we were doing this last week. Like I think it was like after the show last week. You're like, all right, yeah, we want to do this. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it this way. <laughs> all right. Anyway, 
Uh, next up, let's hit D-line, uh, which does include defensive end, no stack on D, and uh, D-tackle, which that one I think is fine. I don't think we need to separate that one. If I'm going to be real, they all have the same job for the most part. I mean, like, yeah, you got you, know, you got guys who are focused on the run, but yeah, they're, they're all doing the same job, essentially. You know what I mean? Trying to dominate the O-line. So I feel like that one will probably keep, you know, keep it how it is. And but linebacker, we might separate it out. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so I will go from five to one. Uh, number five for me, I got the big man, the big D tackle, uh, Quinnen Williams up in New York for the Jets. Uh, you've got a couple forced fumbles under his belt, 12 sacks, um, 28 QB hits, uh, 12 tackles for loss, 55 combined tackles overall. Pretty solid year. First team all pro as well as a pro bowler shot to him. Number four, we got good old Max Crosby over in Vegas. 12 and a half sacks, 36 QB hits. Jesus Christ. Got three forced fumbles there. 89 combined tackles, which is really solid for a defensive lineman for sure. Uh, 22 tackles for a loss. Number three, we got the other big man, the Super Bowl winning Chris Jones. First team all pro there, pro bowler. Um you got a couple forced fumbles, 15 and a half sacks, 29 QB hits. Overall, good year for him for sure, as he normally has. Uh, and then number two, we have the guy who is, uh, for two years in a row, the top-rated edge rusher with pro football focus, uh, which with Miles Garrett up in Cleveland, uh, which I feel like even though it's Miles Garrett, you know, he's a pro bowl. And so I don't feel like there was a lot of chatter about Miles Garrett this year because I feel like obviously with Cleveland, there's other conversations being had. You know what I mean? Uh, so even though he had a great year, I don't think people talked about him as, as normal as they do. But again, it's because with Cleveland, you kind of had a different talking point. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> he may have gotten a little overlooked. He wasn't, he wasn't hitting people with helmets. Yeah, year. that's also so. true. He wasn't beating people up with a helmet, uh, leaving a dent in their head. But either way, 16 sacks tied with uh, Hassan for second most in the league this year. 26 QB hits, 60 combined tackles, uh, a couple forced fumbles under his belt. And then honestly, it's kind of it's honestly kind of hard not to put the defensive player of the year at number one. Nick Bosa led the league with 18 and a half sacks. That's incredible. But also what's incredible is that you look at just how many times this man got to the QB, passing the second place guy with QB hits being Max Crosby at 36 by over 10. Nick Bosa with 48 QB hits. That's unreal. I feel bad for those QBs. You know, a couple of forced fumbles under his belt as well. I mean, in my opinion, for D-line, it's kind of tough not to put Nick Bosa at number one, at least in my opinion. Yeah, um, so I'm going to go five to one as well. Five was tough. Um, I was choosing between three different guys, uh, Christian Wilkins, Brian Burns, and what I ended up settling with my number five, Aiden Hutchinson, coming into his rookie year. He almost made it in the um, list. Played, played 15 games. Um, I mean, 17 assisted tackle, nine and a half sacks. Um, and then number four is going to be Chris Jones. Can't leave him out. I mean, I mean, it was tough, frankly, because I mean, you also got Cameron Hayward who had a hell of a year. Um, but yeah, Chris Jones four. Um, and then after that is this pretty simple. Um, Mile, uh, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, both of ours for D-line is honestly pretty straightforward for the most part. I mean, it was kind of hard not to, you know what I mean? 
uh, you know, it was all pretty straight. I feel like yours is more spicy than mine. Mine is very basic. <laughs> Mine's very basic. Yours is a little bit yeah, more spicy. Just, just with with what Aiden did at five, I mean, did his rookie year. Um, I mean, nine and a half sacks um, as a as a rookie. Um, and I don't have the full on stats like quarterback pressures and stuff in front of me here, mm. but I mean, he people were scheming away from him yeah. in in his rookie year. Um, and that's just a big impact on the field. So, I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, I couldn't leave him out. Um, and then, honestly, my first, my, my next four was pretty plain and simple. Chris Jones, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa. So. Yeah. All right, let's head over to offensive line, which I got to say, I feel like it was a lot harder to find any sort of statistics on O-line than I feel like it's ever been before. I feel like in years past, I've always been able to, like, find offensive line stats of, like, you know, how many, um, you know, sacks allowed, how many quarterback pressures he's got. I had a very difficult time finding a place to get me some stats. I, I, I genuinely did. So my list is unbelievably basic, but I have the true number one at number one, and that's all that matters. Uh, so for me, I got Zach Martin at five, Creed Humphrey at four, Jason Kelsey at three, Trent Williams at two, and the absolute madman, the beast that he was this year, not allowing a single sack all year long, Lane Johnson with Philadelphia. I mean, he, in my opinion, was the best offensive line from this past year. I mean, he had a beast of a year. Uh, but I mean, I had, a, I had a tough time getting some stats together. I don't, man, I don't know. It was, it was hard. You know, what, what are you looking like over there? Yeah, I um, mine's pretty mine's simple, really. Um, so I've got Lane Johnson one, uh, Ronnie Stanley two, um, David. How do you pronounce it? Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari three, um, Creed Humphrey four, and then I've got um, Landon Dickerson number five. So just kind of pick like the top guys. Yeah. I mean, I was honestly really debating putting uh, Kelsey there, to be honest, um, just because <laughs> of it being Jason Kelsey. But right. Um, but yeah, I just picked some of the top guys, and then, yeah, I was in the kind of the same boat. Um, it was hard for me to find um, any kind of stats. Like I found like Pro Bowl voting mm-hmm. and shit like that, but I wasn't able to find like like the stuff that actually meant you know, shit to actually determine what was going on. But, I mean, yeah, I think without a doubt, Lane Johnson was b- by far the best O-line player in the, in the league. I mean, not allowing a sack or a hit all season long. is unreal. Um, <laughs> yeah, and only – and I, I, I'm seeing the stat that I just pulled up here. He only surrendered a total of just nine hurries across 600 pass-blocking attempts. Yeah. So that's, that's fucking insane. But, yeah, so I just kind of picked the top players from the top kind of four or five offensive lines uh, in the league. So Nice. All right, let's head over to tight end, which I do have from Ricky, so I'll shout out his. Uh, his, he's got Evan Ingram from Jacksonville at number five, George Kittle from San Fran at four, Mark Andrews from Baltimore at three, TJ Hawk the Cock Hawkinson from Minnesota at two, and, of course, Travis Kelsey at one. If anyone on this show, any four of us, does not put Travis Kelsey at one. I'm going to seriously question a lot of things, even if it is a terrible football show, because his, <laughs> like, his stats are too are too good. You know what I mean? Like, this man was a beast in both blocking and receiving. Like, come on now. 
for me, uh, I actually have uh, Mark Andrews coming in at five for me. Um, you know, obviously Mark and I feel like uh, some with some injury issues to uh, Lamar Jackson definitely hurt him in the stat category in a couple ways. You know, not passing over a thousand yards. You know. Uh, or even getting closer to 100 catches, coming in at 73 catches, 847 yards, um, five TDs, uh, but a catch completion percentage for him at a 64.6%. Uh, obviously, he's still a great tight end. He's one of the better ones in the league, obviously. Probably a lot of people consider him you know, in the top five for sure, once you also think about like Darren Waller and stuff. And yeah, he still had a pretty good year, all things considered. Uh, so number four for me, and this is where my list could be a little spicy just cause he, like while his cat, while his stats are on the lower end in some other categories compared to these other tight ends, he had a lot of TDs, you know, in terms of tight ends, he was second most in the league and that's George Kittle, uh, with San, with San Fran, you know, 60 catches, a, you know, 765 yards, 11 TDs. I mean, obviously he was great in the red zone in that capacity. Uh, for a catch per, uh, percentage uh, completion, 69.8% uh, of passes completed heading his way. Uh, for n number three for me, uh, this is where I feel like I'm a little bit spicy because I don't know if he should be this high. I, I just feel like he is because of what he meant for the team, and that's going to be Evan Ingram uh, for Jacksonville, you know, who didn't never really panned out for the Giants when this is first year in Jacksonville on a one-year deal, and uh, he, he did play really well. With 73 catches, 766 yards, uh, four only four TDs though, so that's where you could question the credibility of him being there. Might drop him down to like five or something, uh, but he did have a pretty high catch com uh, completion percentage at 74.5 percent. Out of the starting tight ends, I did a quick glance. That's among some of the tops. One of the only main starters I saw that was above him was Dallas Goddard with Philly, as well as like a I think one of their tight ends. So he's among the top of tight ends in that category of his completion percentage. Um, but then at number two, I do have TJ Hawk, the cock Hawkinson, um, you know, 86 catches, 66 point, uh, 66.7% completion percentage when thrown to him, 914 yards, six TDs. Uh, you know, he had an excellent year going over to Minnesota. He had a good start of the year with Detroit and then finished off incredible with Minnesota. And then, I mean, Jesus Christ, how can you not put Travis Kelsey at number one? I mean, dude had 110 catches, over 70% uh, catch completion, 12 TDs, over 1,300 yards. Like, come on, man. You can't not put Travis Kelsey at number one. He was also good in the blocking game. He loves blocking. I mean, number one tied in. Honestly, I was talking to uh, my, you know, my buddy Steve, who pops in from time to time. I was talking to him about it. At this point, I would go ahead and say, go ahead and just crown Travis Kelsey as the greatest tight end of all time. You know, I know it's still early in his career. You know, I get that. But, like, dude, you're just waiting for the inevitable at this rate. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, but you are. That's my opinion. Just go ahead and give him the crown. By the time he retires, he will be the greatest tight end in NFL history. I'm calling it now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's – for me, it's a early – I mean, I would – I would agree, just from his, the production that he's done since he's been in the league. But honestly, dude, it's hard for me to say that just due to sentimental reasons, like to previous tight ends, man. You Shout got Antonio Tony Gates, Tony Gonzalez. I, know. I mean, there's been so many really Kelly good Winslow tight ends. Senior, that, you know, I get it. I get it. So it, 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 it's tough for me to go ahead and say that now. <laughs> I get but it. Honestly, I mean, I would have to agree. I mean, I by the time he retires, this dude's going to put up receiver-type numbers. Yes. Um, and he is still a guy that you said, like you said, he enjoys blocking. Yes, I mean, there was, exactly. a, there, was a, there was a run play this year 
where he pancaked a cornerback and the entire time he's laughing at the like he's laughing because he's just enjoying it so much yeah so him and kittle um, both love blocking man <laughs> like they love it so i mean i guess it helps when your brother's a top center in the in, yeah true, know, true in the league as well true um so i'm gonna go from five um five to one as well five to travis kelsey um, got it I mean, yeah, one's Travis Kelsey, <laughs> of course. But um, so five was was hard for me. I agree because um, I, I was gonna in between Evan Ingram and Dallas Goddard. Um, and stat wise, um, Dallas Goddard only played twelve games com- compared to Evan Ingram's seventeen. Um, also, uh, Dallas Goddard only had a hundred and fifty less yards and only had one less touchdown and was averaging almost a, a yard and a half more per catch. Um, and like you said earlier, his catch percentage was up there in the tops of the league. So I ended up, you know, it really is like 5A and 5B for me, but Dallas Goddard made the spot uh, at 5. Um, George Kittle, 4. Um, Mark Andrews, 3. TJ Hawkinson, 2. And Travis Kelsey, number 1. Okay, okay. All right, let's hit wide receivers. Um, so I do have rookies as well, so I'll shout his out. Uh, let me pull up. All right, so for him, he has number five with A.J. Brown, number four, Stephon Diggs, three, Devontae Adams, two, Tyreek Hill, and one, Justin Jefferson. Good list. like that list. Uh, for me, all right, uh, let me get my, my stats kind of reorganized here. For me, I have the league-leading touchdown catcher with Devontae Adams at five. Uh, and on, and I know he's got a hundred catches. I know he's got over 1500 yards. So it's just like, man, this really is a terrible football show. If he's got him at number five and you're right, it is a terrible football show. Thank you for listening. Um, but there are a couple things that put a couple of the other guys ahead of him for me. And one of the things that put Devonte Adams a lot lower for me, and I know you can credit this in so many ways, good protection, you know, people being hated, you know, hate on Derek Carr, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that's going to brutally bury Derek Carr or anything. But one of the biggest contributing factors that put him lower for me, he has a 55% completion when passing to Devontae. And I get it's Devontae. I get it. It's Devontae freaking Adams. You're going to put strong protection on him. But, you know, the catch percentage is, you know, that's something that did put him lower for me. Am I wrong for doing that? Well, probably. He should probably be higher on my list. You know, but, you know, me taking that as, you know, one of the – down factors for him like is it a little fucked up yeah maybe just a bit you know a lot of his yards uh you know his um yards per reception is pretty high which you know tells me that a lot of his receptions he got were just from like you know some pretty solid passes at 15.2 I don't think you know that's not leading the league Jalen Waddle's leading the league by a decent little amount but he's in the top 10 in that category at least so I feel like it could be a little spicy putting Devontae as low as he is uh, especially above some of the other guys that I've got including my number four um which may be one of the more shocking picks to put in top five best wide receivers from this past year for someone. Uh, but for me, I'm actually putting uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver from Detroit. You know, I feel like he had a coming out party this year for him. He had over 100 catches. Uh, he had a 72% completion uh, catch uh, completion rating and passing to him. Uh, over 1,100 yards, six TDs. You know, I just feel like he had a really strong coming out year personally. Um, you know, him being above Devontae. Is that a hot take? Uh, yeah, it probably is. I would say I would firmly say that's a hot take, and I acknowledge that. But I, I just really like the production that he put out for this year. Uh, number three, 
I feel like, in my opinion, from this past NFL season, three to five can be all over the place. You know what I mean? But I feel like one and two, I feel like everyone will pretty much agree upon. Number three, I have Stefan Diggs. Uh, incredible year from him, of course, being uh, Allen's number one weapon. 108 catches, 70% uh, catch uh, rating, uh, over 1,400 yards, over 11, you know, 11 TDs. Shout out to that. And then uh, number two, Tyree Kill, of course, and number one, Justin Jefferson. Kind of tough not to put them two at one and two, respectively. Uh, just from the sheer amount of catches and yards they both had. They both had the, about pretty much the same catch completion at 70%, basically. Justin at a 69, uh, Tyreek at a 70. Um, but both averaging basically the same yards per catch, both averaging almost the same yards per game, which is, on, by the way, the only receivers from this past NFL season to have over 100 yards averaging uh, a game. Uh, the next highest at number three would be Cooper Cup before he got hurt at 90 yards a game average. So I don't know. I feel like it's kind of tough to not put Justin and Tyreek one and two. I feel like three. I feel like three to five are the ones that get kind of spicy. You know what I mean? Where it's like, where's someone gonna put whoever? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I I did have Devonte originally. So this was the first, well, second category I did. So, of course, I did quarterbacks first, and I did receivers, running backs, and then O-line. Um, and I kept bouncing back and forth here um, because I did see that Devontae Adams stat of, you know, 55% uh, percentage of catching the ball when, when thrown to or whatever. But, I mean, again, you got to recognize, I mean, he is knowingly. I mean, Renfro had a pretty good year with them. Um, Josh Jacobs is a pretty good receiving back, but at the end of the day, like it's Devonte fucking Adams. Exactly. Like, That's why you, I, I feel kind of bad putting him as low as I you're, did. <laughs> you're gonna pretty much throw everything there at him, but I'm gonna have um, actually AJ Brown five, um, Devonte Adams four, um, and then Stephon Diggs three, Tyree Kill two, Justin Jefferson one. Um, five was really hard for me. Um, because you have Devontae Adams, um, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, um, Amon St. Raw, that was kind of, or Raw St. Brown that was there as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, and, and of course, C.D. Lamb. I mean, C.D. Lamb had 107 catches for 1,400 yards and pretty much 10 touchdowns um, and 24, uh, like, yeah. So, I mean, it was tough. It was tough, but that's going to be my top five. Um, but yeah, I think if you don't put Tyreek or Justin one and two, you're out of your mind. Yeah, hundred percent. Same. Th Honestly, it's the same thing with Travis Kelsey. If you don't put him at like one and two, you are literally out of your mind, <laughs> and you should not be allowed to have an opinion. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, let's go to running backs here. We're almost done with the list here. Uh, so for uh, Ricky, Ricky threw out there Saquon Barkley at five, Nick Chubb four, Derek Henry three, Jamal Williams at two, which I love that pick. Jamal almost made it into my top five. I will not lie. I had to. I would say honestly, Shane, I don't know about you. Out of every position we did, running back was the hardest for me by far. Like I'm talking by far. The I had the most candidates. I could fill out a top ten for you. Like I had the most candidates. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, I don't want to miss him out. I don't want to not include him. Like, but I like the Jamal Williams pick, league leader in uh touchdowns for this past season. So a rushing touchdown shot to that. And then uh Josh Jacobs at one, which 
I'm not going to sit here and hard submit Josh Jacobs in the same category as like a Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill. But in terms of strictly running backs of 2022, I do feel like Josh Jacobs is in that category of where I feel like he is the the surefire number one, uh, just based on the statistics, statistics that he has of over 1,600 rushing yards leading the league, 12 TDs, almost 100 yards a game average, which he did lead the league in that. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like it's kind of hard not to include him at number one. I feel like you can make a debate, um, for maybe Nick Chubb or, or Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. I'm, I'm actually kind of not as high on because his yards average is 4.4 compared to like Nick Chubb's five yards and average Josh Jacobs, 4.9. Um, but you know, at the same time, Derrick Henry did average 96.1 yards a game. So, um, so my, my, my top five, which I got to say, I'm, I'm making a little bit of an adjustment on the fly here. I'm not even gonna lie to you on that. Uh, so my number five, personally, I'm going to put Saquon Barkley. I feel like he had a great, uh, rebound year for him uh, over 1300 yards, 10 TDs, 82 yards a game average, only one fumble. So that's a good statistic there. I love to see that. Um, you know, you know, and all on 295 attempts. Um, so I feel like he had a good comeback year for him. Number four, I'm actually going to put the king, Derrick Henry, at number four. I get it. Over 1,500 yards, 13 TDs, 96.1 yards, but he also had six fumbles. He only averaged seven yard, uh, 4.4 yards uh, a run. Um, great year for Derrick Henry. Pro bowler. I get he's still King Henry, and he's going to put up those stats, but I, I just don't think he's the – bona fide number one this year. I don't think he's the uh, top three this year. Um, my number two, I'm going to put, uh, I, I'm going to get a little spicy on these next two. I'm not going to lie to anyone here. I'm going to get a little spicy and I'm sorry. Number two, I'm going to put Nick Chubb, uh, Nick Chubb at two. So then leaves the big question. Who's number, who's number two, who's number two, Derek, Nick Chubb's at three, Nick Chubb's at three. Who's two. We're going to get there. Uh, Nick Chubb at number three. I think I said two a second ago, so I apologize. Over 1,500 yards, uh, 12 TDs, 89.7 yards average. Um, you know, only one fumble. Love to see that. Uh, he had a great year. And even that, that one fumble, you know, I feel like that could also be very, very counterproductive to what I, the argument I'm going to try to make for my number two best running back from this year that no one's talking about. But I have multiple reasons why I want to put him at number two. And I, I feel like you could swap him down to three. I feel like three could be a better spot for him and Nick Chubb be two. But number two, I'm going to actually put Austin Eckler. And I have my reasons for it. Austin Eckler did not eclipse 1,000 yards. I'm aware of that. He had 915. He started all 17 games. He had 13 rushing TDs, though. Shout out to that. In terms of rushing TDs, that's among the top three. That's tied for second, actually, among Jalen Hurts and Derrick Henry. Jamal Williams at 17 is number one. Austin Eckler, you know, five fumbles. Hate to see that, but, you know, unfortunately it is what it is. Yards per game average, not that high either, 53.8. So, Alex, why would you put Austin Eckler at number two? That's because he's an ultimate weapon. He had 107 receptions with a catch percentage of 84.3%, which ranks among the highest in the league. 722 yards with five TDs to boot on that. Look, I understand that it's like, you know, that, again, I feel like that's a hot take. Nick Chubb should probably be number two here and Austin be three or four. But, I mean, this is some solid production here. With over 100 catches with a completion percentage of 84.3%, again, it's a terrible football show. You're going to get what you get. 
Uh, and then number one, Josh Jacobs, of course. Like I said, I feel like for this season, kind of tough not to put him at number one, but I feel like you could make arguments for Nick Chubb. I feel like Nick Chubb could make an argument for number one as well. But uh, that, that's mine. That's my that's my hot, uh, my spicy take uh, for my running backs that I'm probably wrong on. But again, it's a terrible football show. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I left Austin Eckler out of my top five. I don't blame you. <laughs> um. It it was hard. Um. But I'm I am looking mad. at I'm looking at the two the two guys I have at five and four, um, bouncing back from the two previous years and or longer. Um. I mean, five. You got Christian McCaffrey here, and four. I've got Saquon Barkley. Um, I mean, we all know Christian McCaffrey is also a do-it-all back. Um, I don't sure. have his receiving yards pulled up. 85 but, catches, mean, 741 yards, uh, five TDs, 78% completion. I just happen to have it here. Yeah, so, and then he eclipsed, uh, I mean, nearly 1,200 yards um, on the ground, eight touchdowns, um, had nine carries of 20-plus yards. Um, and then four Saquon Barkley. Again, almost hitting that fourteen hundred yard mark, um, and then I think three, two, and one is pretty self-explanatory. Three, I'm going to have Derrick Henry, two, Nick Chubb, one, Josh Jacobs. No, like I said, I I fully acknowledge that my Austin Eckler take is probably a hot take and probably incorrect, but you know what? It's my take, and that's all that matters. It's <laughs> all that matters to me. That is. All right, and then finishing off everything here with the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, the most important position in the NFL, arguably. Um, you know, so we'll start with uh, Ricky's rankings. Number five, he has Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, four, Jared Goff. Three, Josh Allen. Two, Joe Burrow. And one, Patrick Mahomes. N- there's a lot of notable names not on that list. Jalen Hurts being one that I immediately look at. But overall... I don't disrespect this list, honestly, because I've got some similar names. <laughs> so I'm actually going to go one to five on this one because my one and two are so straightforward. Number one for me, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Threw for over 5,200 yards, 41 TDs. He is the MVP and the Super Bowl MVP. I feel like it's kind of hard not to. <laughs> Even if he would have lost, I feel like it's kind of hard not to. Jalen Hurts is my number two. Uh, incredible year, over 3,700 yards, 22 TDs, six picks. But then he also had all of the stats on the ground as well. Uh, so this is where I get a little spicy. I'm not even going to say a little spicy. I'm going to say a lot of spicy. My number three best quarterback from this past season is not Joe Burrow, is not Josh Allen's. But instead, it is Jared Goff up in Detroit. All right. Look, here's my here's my argument. Completion percentage with a 65.1. That that's uh, ranks among the not the top ten, but up in the upper echelon. Uh, for TDs, 29 TDs, six in the league for that. Tied for tied tied up there with Kirk Cousins. Only seven picks on the year. Okay. Um, yards per game, 261 average. I mean, that's top ten in the league in that category. QB QB rating, he ranks in the top 10. He ranks coming at number seven with a 99.3. I feel like people are sleeping on Jared Goff because it's Jared Goff and because it's the Detroit Lions. But I'm not I'm not joking, guys. It's not gonna shock me if the Lions don't go quarterback in this upcoming draft and they keep running with Jared Goff. All right, that's just my own personal opinion on that. Uh for my number four, not Joe Burrow. Not <laughs> not Josh Allen. But I got our comeback player of the year. I got Geno Smith, who led the NFL in completion percentage 
with a nice, nice 69.8% completion percentage, beating out Joe Burrow, beating out Justin Herbert, beating out Matt Stafford, threw for over 4,200 yards, threw for 30 TDs to 11 interceptions, and had a was ranked at number sixth for QBR in the NFL. Uh, look, Geno Smith, pro, pro bowler, comeback player of the year. People are not sleeping on Geno. He kind of made more headlines than Jared Goff, of course. Um, but, I, you know, he had a phenomenal year, and I think he needs to be in the conversation for best quarterbacks in 2022. And, you know, I understand the desire to put Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or, you know, Josh Allen up there, but I think the conversation needs to be had for Geno Smith as well. And then my number five is, in fact, agreeing with Ricky on this one with Tua Tagovailoa. Obviously, he was in the headlines for the wrong reasons, uh, the unfortunate reasons. But you take that out, and he still had an incredible freaking year um, with passing for over 3,500 yards, 25 TDs to only eight interceptions. Uh, for QBR, he was among the top in the league, um, You know, ranking at a 68.8% for completion percentage. He was a ranking among top in the league as well. Um, you know, Tua had a great year that was just unfortunately derailed by his concussions. Uh, he also led the league in quarterback rating uh, above Patrick Mahomes by just 0.3%. You know, Tua, Tua at 105.5 and Patrick at 105.2. Uh, again, it's it's a shame that uh, the narrative for Tua was you know was uh, focused on what it was you know obviously T's and P's to him but uh, hopefully that does not take away from the play that he had this year he had an incredible year and I feel like Miami should feel pretty good about Tua as a player as long as he can stay healthy if he can stay healthy they should feel pretty good about where they're at at quarterback for years to come but uh, that's my top five. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing was it was tough for me not to put this was Aaron Rodgers in the in the top five, to be honest. Um, but the thing that hurt um, Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, he threw for 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. I mean, that's almost two to one. Um, I don't care who you are, but you don't ever want to really see that, to be honest. Um, but so five, I do have two at five. Uh, Gino at four. Joe Burrow at three. Um, and then Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, two and one. And that's fair. I feel like that's a very fair ranking. I, I feel like I might be a little too high on Jared Goff. I just really like the way he played this year. I feel like he he led the I feel like he led in a lot of different categories. He made it back to a Pro Bowl, so shout out to him for that. Um, but uh, I feel like people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit. I feel like people really are sleeping on Jared Goff. Like, I'm telling you guys, I, I, I don't think Detroit is going quarterback in the first. I don't think they're going Anthony Richardson with their second pick. I really don't. I don't think they're going quarterback second round. I don't think they're going quarterback third round. I mean, they were one game off from the playoffs, guys. Um, you know, this team needs a lot of help on defense. You know, he could definitely use some more weapons outside of Amon Ra, which, you know, the weapon they did draft, you know, he showed up at the last, like, few games he played. Uh, in the first round, they drafted Jamal uh, – not Jamal Williams, that's a running back. Uh, Jameson Williams, I think is his name, wide receiver from Alabama. Um, you know, they, they need some more help on the O-line. They need some more help on defense, and this team can be a real threat even with Jared Goff. So, I mean, I, I like Jared Goff for the Lions. I, I don't think he's going anywhere personally. That's That's just me, though. Um, all right, so I think that's it. I think we got all of our player rankings. Shout out to that. Uh, I think we'll go ahead and look to wrap up the show now. Since it's off season, I, you know, we're not trying to drag these shows out to be like two hours or anything, you know. 
you know, we, we're, we're hitting our main points and we're getting out of here and continue on with our day. Uh, so, Shane, do you got anything else uh, involving the, our, our player rankings that you want to shout out? There's a lot of players, obviously, that did not, you know, make our, our list that definitely deserve to get shout out, like a Tony Pollard. He almost made it in my top five uh, for running backs. He had a good year shot to him. Uh, there, there was a lot of good players across the league in multiple positions where it was kind of, it was kind of tough, and I felt bad leaving them out. But yeah, any, any other things that you want to shout out involving uh, our player rankings or anything else that we have here for the show? No, I mean uh, I think it's pretty solid. I think it's um, I'd like to see what um, what Jacob's going to be next week. See maybe if he can give us a little preview of what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah, with his mock. Yep. So um, and then I'm excited for um, I mean. We're what two and a half months away from the draft. Yep. Um, less than what a month, little little under a month until free agency. Yep. Um, Just a couple weeks. Got some big stuff. Got, got got some big stuff coming up. Waiting to see what Aaron Rodgers has come from his uh, darkness retreat. Um, I mean, season three is going to be going to be kicking off here shortly in the next couple of weeks and uh i think it's going to be a spicy start to season three i think it is too especially since you know one of the hosts of this show is a diehard bears fan and the bears are supposed to be very active in free agency so it's about to get spicy as shit for me i'm ready for it i'm here for it free agency coming along and everything uh but if you made it all the way to the end we do appreciate the hell out of you for that uh we do appreciate all of the uh, people subscribing here recently and following and stuff. All the shorts and TikToks are, are doing pretty well. Uh, you know, it's it's like I've said before. I think on another show, it's very fascinating to watch. You know how well how one will do on TikTok versus one will do as a short. It's very fascinating. But I do appreciate everyone that's subscribing to the channel. Uh, if you could be a friend, tell a friend, of course. Drop a like and all that stuff. And if you're listening to the audio format, wherever you're listening at, whatever platform, just make sure to uh, rate it, uh, follow it, whatever the, whatever the platform allows. We don't definitely appreciate that. Uh, with all that said, uh, we'll be back next week with uh, Mach 2.0. Shane, you going to bring some spiciness? For sure. All right, bet. All right, guys. See you next time. Have a good one. See you. I'm going home to the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs>